Hello and welcome to episode number 33 of the Progress Pod and the guests are coming thick and fast. After last week's great conversation with Lewis McFarlane, today we are joined by Mr Alex Caldwell. Alex is an online coach and personal trainer in the fitness industry and last summer, so the summer of 2022, he competed in a men's physique bodybuilding show and in this episode we dive deep into that experience we chat through the prep, the reasons Alex wanted to take on that challenge, the lessons he learned, the challenges he faced, what he enjoyed about it, whether he's ever going to step on stage again, and so much more. And whether you ever have any thoughts about competing in bodybuilding or not, if you just want to improve your health and fitness, there's so much value to be taken from this. There's a lot of lessons, a lot of advice, and a lot of value that's obviously in the context of a bodybuilding show, but can be translated into everyday life and general health and fitness. So make sure to give this one a listen. It is an excellent chat and I'll pass you over now to our conversation with myself and Alex. Enjoy. All right, Alex, how's it going, mate? Cheers for coming on to the Progress Pod. How are we? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Uh, thank you very much for having me on. Very excited to, very excited to be here. Oh, brilliant, mate. And uh, just the way I start most podcasts with guests on is just an introduction to you, mate, just for the listeners who maybe don't know you, just a wee kind of intro and background. Yeah, so I... Do you want me to go right from the start? What are you thinking? Uh, I go for it, mate. Go okay. for it. Okay, so... Um, born in Paisley. Grew up mostly in Erskine. Now I've moved over to Glasgow. I was always very, very self-conscious of being quite skinny when I was younger. Uh, and I think that's what got me into the fitness industry. I now do a little bit of one-to-one coaching, majority of the time online coaching, some group coaching. And I think it was that it was that initial journey for me that kind of, I'm feeling very skinny. I want to find out what I can do about it that helped me get into this job that I'm in just now. Um, mainly kind of moved now into working with majority of the time males on body composition results. Yeah. Uh, again, I think that kind of came from that love of training myself and seeing what I could do for myself as well. And uh, yeah, having the having the time of my life. Brilliant, mate. Doing and it. in terms of getting into the fitness industry, did you just go straight in? Is that the first thing you, you did, leaving school, straight into the uh, industry? So throughout school, I actually got jobs pretty quickly. Uh, a funny story, actually. So my mum actually always did uh, Avon, funnily enough. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe I'm about to say this. <laughs> uh, but my mum used to do Avon in our area. So I actually think my first job was actually doing Avon with my mum. <laughs> so God help my kids when they get to school. And kids are saying, kids are saying like, your dad sells Avon. And, <laughs> and they'll be like, you're actually, you're actually right. Yeah. <laughs> um, once I did that, I then started getting jobs in retail. So I was a, I was a Christmas temp actually in Lush. Um, both very manly jobs I'm working this off well um, both so I did uh, I was in Pandora for a little while uh, sorry no Lush first and then Pandora another really manly job after that <laughs> no one really decided to get into bodybuilding um, <laughs> however however 100% all had their own part to play in helping me become a good coach I think and be good at people facing and give me social skills and be able to sell myself or sell jewellery or sell bath bombs whatever you want <laughs> but uh, yeah that was that was kind of how I how I I started off my, my kind of working career. I then, when I was at school, realised that I always found myself relatively intelligent, but I then realised that intelligence and acad- being academic probably wasn't the same thing. Yeah. Um, probably with a kind of overwhelming sense of confidence that I really didn't have to study for anything, which I then found out you definitely did when I failed all my hires. Uh, so uni was kind of looking like something that wasn't going to work for me. 
And then from there, I decided to go with what I was enjoying at the time. I just kind of thought, well, what do I enjoy? What do I like doing? And at that point in time, I had found training and I kind of found a love and a passion for it. So I was like, right, well, I did what everyone who likes training does. And I was like, I'm just going to be a PT. Yeah. Can't be that hard. So I was very young though. So I was 17. So I decided to go to college and do mm -hmm. a HND in fitness, health and exercise. Spent two years at college. Still kind of growing my love for all of it. I kind How of, long have you been training at that point? At that point in time, I think I started training when I was, in fact, I remember it really well. I started training to go on a lad's holiday to Malia in 2015. So I must have been... 16, 17 when I started training. Yeah. Uh, didn't have a clue what I was doing. Like, didn't have a clue what I was doing, but just thought, you know, I've watched a bit of Christian Guzman, I've watched a bit of Steve Cook. That's going to set me up to, to know exactly what I'm talking about. And actually, if I'm being honest with you, I made some really good changes in those first year and I kind of went on that holiday feeling feeling good about myself. Um, but yeah, back to my career, sorry. I'm going to get sidetracked so many no, times mate, on this, mate, just the way my brain goes <laughs> all over the shop. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I decided to get into the into the, into PT and, and I just loved it from the start because it's what I enjoyed. Yep. Um, and luckily I seemed to have a knack for um, for coaching people as well alongside that. So I wasn't, I didn't just enjoy training. I actually found that I was, I was actually pretty good at this. Yep. Um, and I think almost seven years later, uh, I'm still doing it. So it's obviously worked out all right. Yeah, no, no so, definitely to yeah. have that much experience as well. For sure. Um, yeah. Your age is seven years experience in the industry mate, yeah. is, is excellent. And I think it makes a massive, massive difference. If you're doing something that you enjoy doing, yeah. like just the difference of that, like I know myself having, I'm a lot newer into the industry, coming up for sort of three years, but like moving into the industry and actually doing something that you love doing, it was just like the difference of just day to day is just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I, I just have some lazy days sometimes and I'm like, God, I've got so much work to do today or whatever. And I just always remind myself, I'm like, think of all the other things you could be doing yeah. other than this. Yeah. And it just snaps me right back to reality. And I'm like, hang on a wee second here, like you're doing the best thing that you personally could possibly be doing. Yeah. Um, and then we're sorted and we just get after that again. We're yeah. ready to go. hundred percent, mate. I love that mindset. And in terms of, obviously seeing some great results, getting into the industry, then getting results with other people, um, what then made you decide, like, I'm going to step on stage and compete? During this episode, we're going to chat quite a lot about your time when you, you competed yeah. all around that. Like, what made you dis decide? Had you just been getting some good results, but you just wanted to step it up a level? What, what was making you think, right, actually, I'm going, to, I'm going to go and compete? So I think if I'm being completely honest, I possibly did it for the wrong reasons. But there was positives that were pulled from that. And I suppose I'll kind of delve into that a wee bit as well. But... Initially, for me, the main reason for doing it was just because I wanted to take it off. Mm -hmm. And at that time as well, I was in a little bit of a rut myself. So work was going quite well. Like things, I was a busy PT, I was doing well, more so in the gym floor at that point in time. However, uh, I just wanted to take a bodybuilding show off the list. I was also kind of looking back on it now, probably not going through the best time. Mm -hmm. mentally I was out all the time like a lot of partying like mm -hmm. a lot I think I'd kind of done like a run of like eight weeks I'd just been out like, at the weekend and I was like right I need to sort my shit so I was like I'll just do a bodybuilding show <laughs> <laughs> um, and I kind of felt like that would give me the structure that I needed to 
to one obviously benefit for my physique and two just kind of get me like off the booze and I was like oh, this, will, this will just sort me out yeah. uh, and I actually did funnily enough like, yeah. at, at the time mm -hmm. did, did worked wonders for that um, so that was the reason why I, why I decided to do it uh, looking back maybe not the correct reason maybe it should really have been a passion for bodybuilding yeah. Uh, but yeah definitely a lot of positives to pull from it yeah definitely sure. I think it's it's a, it's a big commitment like we've got I've done a couple of photo shoots. Yep. Got guys in my program that've done photo shoot. We've got another one coming up. And I think that's like a really big goal and really forces you into, like you say, positive habits, changing. Like if you are in a bit of a rut, that's going to really drive you. But yeah. I think signing up for a bodybuilding show and knowing you're going to be stepping on stage takes that even up a higher level. And it's like in terms of discipline and commitment, you can't really get much more than that. So that's what I was kind of thinking. Like it's it's quite a big decision to make in terms of saying, right, I'm, I'm going to do this. And how how long out were you from? Had you picked a show by that point? How far away from when you said, I'm going to do it was the actual show? So I, I suppose I kind of had picked a show because I knew from the very start that I was going to be doing a natural show. Yeah. One, because I was going to be natural. Yeah. And two, because I knew that if I did enter a show where the other competitors would be enhanced, I wouldn't stand a chance. Yeah. So I thought, let's give myself a fighting chance at this. Uh, I also want to do it in a way that I wanted to do it in as well, which was natural. Um, so yeah, I'd picked a show. I was going to do the, it was the UK DFBA, which is the UK, UK Drug Free Bodybuilding Association. Try and get that right. Uh, and that was in June, if I remember rightly. Mm -hmm. So this, I think I got in touch with my coach, uh, Andy Scott, Andy's great, by the way. I'll give my shout out right now. Uh, I got in touch with Andy, and I think it must have been about October time okay. of 2021. Mm -hmm. And that show was going to be in June 2022. Yeah. So I gave myself plenty of time. Mm -hmm. um, best advice I can ever give to anyone that's got a long-term goal, get in touch with a coach really, really early on, just so you've got that, that time. Uh, so that was one good thing that I did. I was like, right, let's give myself plenty of time here. Um, so and yeah and I, I just instantly once once we got things sorted and we had a plan in place I just put up a video on Instagram just telling everyone that I was going to do it yeah. and I actually think that really helped because it, it was like because <laughs> it was like well I'm doing it now it helps and, and I worked in a gym with so many people as well that knew that I was doing it so there was constantly people asking like how's how are you getting on how's your prep how's your diet what are you up to so it was good in that aspect just me putting myself out there and saying I'm doing this and I'm not going back now yeah I think bit of public accountability makes a massive difference like. I know a lot of people that maybe shy away from sort of announcing their goals and stuff because they kind of want to keep it to themselves in case they, they don't get it or things uh -huh. don't go to plan. But I'm the complete opposite. I always try and tell people, like, put your goals out there. Like, tell people what you're going to do, even if it does seem like a big challenge. Just tell people, right, I'm going to go for this. And it forces you to do it. You know, in the back of your mind, just like, it adds that wee bit extra, like, oh, I don't want to let them down. They're going to be asking me more about this and things like that. And I know it's a wee bit more pressure, but I think it, it really, really helps. And see, to be honest, the worst comes to worst and you don't achieve it. It's not as if everyone's going to be. <laughs> laughing at you and shouting at you it's just like okay well I've still made improvements so a, a public accountability mate makes a big big, yeah. big big difference I think it maybe comes from this whole thing where people say you know you should never do it for anyone else you should just do it for yourself yeah. that's true that should be the case however if you really just if your main focus is getting something done I think there's a real power in telling everyone about it yeah. just that public accountability mm -hmm. uh, and you know I work with the 
the guys at MTN, as you know, and we're all first and foremost best mates. Uh, and you're saying there as well, if you didn't do it, people would have been like, oh, it's okay. They would never. <laughs> no chance. No chance. And they'd be like, you're a failure. <laughs> uh, so just silly stuff like Aye. that. Just that external motivation or external yep. slag. And if you weren't going to get the job done, uh, I think it helps you helps you push forward a little bit and get the, get, get the job done. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And see, so that would have been October. So you've given yourself sort of eight months. What kind of condition were you in? at that point like how were you in decent shape at that point or did, did you let things go a wee bit where were you in October so to the to the naked eye I was in good shape yeah but I would call it for me I would call it nothing more nothing less than just good yeah uh, personally I'm very much the opposite from most people if I let myself go mm-hmm. it means that I've dropped weight yeah and I've dropped muscle Rather than, naturally a very mm-hmm. skinny person uh, so for me I just felt I felt like I dropped the ball. I felt like I dropped weight. I felt like I was just feeling really flat. Strength was down. Motivation was down. Discipline was just out the window at that point. And I, yeah, so I was lean, but skinny in my head. Yeah. So we decided to go straight into a a focused gaining phase, Mm -hmm. which I was trying to do, but I was just lacking the consistency there. I was just bulking all week and then going out the weekend and then being hungover and not eating all day and all this kind of stuff. So that for me was, was, when I realised this isn't working, obviously I need the help of a coach to do that. Yeah. So we decided very quickly on a, on a, a focused gaining phase. Went on to a, a style of training, which I wasn't necessarily used to yet, which was very low volume, but very high intensity. Okay. Suppose you could really kind of date that back to kind of Dorian Yates style of training. So kind of like three, four sessions a week, one top set, one back off set, all out on both sets, these kind of ideas. A little bit lower volume than most people are, are, are used to. But I loved it. Yeah. Like I fell in love with it right away because it kept me engaged. It kept me interested. It was chasing numbers. It was just mm-hmm. trying to get better every single session. I just absolutely loved it. Uh, onto a, I was onto a meal plan. Yeah. So I was on to set things that I was eating every single day. Yeah. Obviously, you know, the, the odd thing could change, but you know, specifically six meals a day that I just ate the same every single day. Yeah. Maybe changed a, a few sauces here and there, just yeah. mix things up, you know. Uh, <laughs> but apart from that, it was it was the same. So I instantly just had that structure yeah. and I was loving it because I actually started to feel like myself again. I started to feel good yeah. again. And how long was the how long was that initial sort of gaining phase planned? And what, what did that split look like in terms of upper lower? Was it just three full body days? Like how, what did the split look like and how long did that, that last? Yeah, so it was a the focused gaining phase must have been from October right through to March, I would maybe say. Mm-hmm. Because I think I only cut for maybe 12 weeks, 10 weeks maybe, yep. if I'm being honest. Just because I had that really, that mm-hmm. really lean starting point, up the calories and my body seemed to just fill out, but stay relatively lean as well. I did yep. put on a little bit of body fat, but we, we just knew that there wasn't, there wasn't going to be, I wasn't going to need to do some sort of like mad 16 week prep or anything like that. This wasn't going to be the case. Yep. Um, training for me was four days initially. Um, I did a kind of like push day. I did a pull day. Uh a full leg day, which was just rough. Yeah. Uh, and then I did a, a kind of another focused upper body day yeah. as well. So I was training legs once a week with some hamstrings on another day as well. Yeah. So I was kind of touching them twice a week, but only kind of one focused day. And we kind of found very quickly that that for me worked because mm-hmm. I could go in and like put myself in the floor on that leg day and then just have the rest of my days focusing upper body. Bearing in mind as well, I was doing men's physique yeah. So the main focus is upper uh, is upper body. 
although my legs got so much better in that in that time frame, the main focus really was the upper body look. That's what we're, we're aiming for. So I can imagine that's probably why there was a little bit more of more volume through that area for that specific uh, show. Yeah, brilliant, mate. And in terms of the nutrition side of things, we said it's structured six moves a day, fairly repetitive, which again going into a bodybuilding show like makes sense and it's, it's yeah. what's needed. What did that look like calorie-wise and meal-wise? The reason I'm asking this, mate, is I remember seeing in your Instagram story sometimes it's like six in the morning, big tubs of mince and stuff like that, mate. <laughs> it just, what, what did that look like? So I only, I think I was only eating mince in the morning when I'd, <laughs> when I'd actually fucked up my food shop and I had nothing else to eat. I think maybe, I, and I presuppose that was probably me just posting it every now and then going, this is hilarious. People were like, oh, I must be eating that every day. That wasn't the case. Uh, I would get up in the morning, I'd have a big bowl of oats. I would have some egg, an egg on the side of that with a bagel, I think. Uh, Mid-morning, would have a couple of scoops of protein and a shaker, I think. Uh, and then I would have... Uh, this is going to start sounding like the fish in a race cake. Yeah. I can tell already. And then I'd have uh, chicken and rice. And then my next meal after that, I think, was also chicken and rice. Uh, afternoon, I would have cream of rice, which is like a kind of... Uh, a kind of sort of rice like, pudding type thing? No, it's, it's like, it's, it just looks like protein powder. Ah, yeah. So it's just like whizzed up rice, yeah. like really small. Uh, but it digests so good, so it's for a lot of bodybuilders. Yeah. Uh, I, have it. I personally was drinking cream of rice. I meant to make it like in a bowl hot, but I was drinking it because I was already on so many calories. I was like, I just need to get this in. Uh -huh. So it wasn't didn't make any difference to me whether it was volumous or not. I was like, let's just bang this down the hatch. Uh, and then, yes, yeah, so I'd have the cream of rice. I'd have, at dinner time, I'd have some form of mince with rice or mince with pasta. So it could even be something like a chili or a bolognese. It didn't have to be like this and this or that only, yeah. but that was kind of like the basis of it. Uh, and then before bed, I would have like a kind of Greek yogurt bowl, Greek yogurt bowl with oats and some kind of fruit through it. So that was kind of the six times, I think that must've been six times a day I was eating. Yeah. My calories started off around about the kind of mid 3000 marks. So like 3,500 odds. I think I finished off my bulk at around about 4,300 to 4,400 calories. Yeah. Which sounds hard. It's even harder when you are following a bodybuilding style diet and your carbs are so high and your yeah. fats are so low. Yeah. So I was still following, it was like diet foods, but with that many calories. Mm -hmm. So we're always telling clients that like, if you want to feel like you're eating more food, drop your fats, uh, up your protein. Yeah. My protein was very high and my fats were also very low on that many calories. So it was like, this is this is tough. Yeah, a lot of this volume. This is tough. Uh, and I think that's when I actually started to see my productivity with my work drop a wee bit. Okay. Because I was just always full of carbs. Yeah. Always, like always. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of, there is a point where you're eating more calories and it feels class because you're like, I've got all this energy. There comes a very, very, like, there comes a tipping point where it, the, the, the energy thing doesn't really yeah, it goes work up. for you yeah, anymore yeah. and it's more of going into the fact that I just always feel full yeah um your training's unreal your sleep's pretty your sleep's great uh productivity wise with your work that's where I started to notice that that was getting affected a little bit I did yeah. feel a little bit lethargic all a the bit, time and a bit sluggish at for times. sure yeah, for yeah. sure yeah um and in terms of like the flexibility around it so I know that was kind of your, your plan it's kind of seven days a week stick to that you've got that structure I know you said you were going out and stuff like that a lot prior. Did that, did that have to kind of stop in terms of going out? And what was the kind of, how much flexibility was there? So you were saying, right, the weekend and you're going out for a meal or something? Or did you just kind of say, right, I'm not doing that? So we decided on one 
uh, off plan meal a week. So I would still go out for dinner and I would kind of like enjoy myself. Um, I think in the early stages, I was still kind of dealing with that whole, I still want to be able to do what I want to do, but not, but, but just do it better. So I was, there was still the odd night out. There was still, you know, the odd time when I took it too far. And uh, that was something that I probably didn't do great. Mm-hmm. However, just because the stimulus of the new training and the extra calories for me was such a new thing, my body was still responding really well. Yeah. Could it have responded better? Probably. But I still wasn't really identifying as a bodybuilder. I was kind of identifying as just me and I'm doing bodybuilding for yeah. a while. So I wasn't, I feel like my head wasn't completely in it. Yeah. Uh, and I always was, I was honest with with Andy. I'd just say my check in a bit, listen, me, I'm going for, I'm going for some drinks. Yeah. Once we hit the cut, once we hit, like, right, Alex, you're prepping for a show now. I was like, okay. And I cut out alcohol for, I think it was like 12 weeks. Yeah. So I just never drank a, a drop for 12 weeks, which for me was the longest period of time I hadn't drank since I was probably 15 years old. Yeah. Which which was a major positive from that process. For me, that was just like the biggest thing for me. It was like, okay, yeah, this feels great. Like mm-hmm. my head's in a really good spot. Uh, so that was one of the biggest positives I could have pulled from it was 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 just it was the no booze. Yeah, there's, there's probably not many week. other things that are going to force you to do that. That's what I was saying. Like, see things this like a, a photo shoot, like a bodybuilding show, like it does force you to do and to take action like that. Yeah. Which again, you're going to see lots of positives from. Um, so yeah, mate, you've you've kind of built. I saw saw from the pictures myself the amount of sort of mass that you put on during that time, like was incredible. And then we get to sort of March and it's time for the the cut. What does that then look like? Training still similar? Does training change? What how loaded calories have to go? What, how did the cut look? So I think I'd went from about seventy one kilos to about seventy eight. So I'd put on seven kilos. Yeah. And I wasn't that much, I wasn't that much, I wasn't that much far. Like yeah. I, didn't, I, hadn't put on a, I hadn't put on a shit ton of body fat, but I obviously was in a position now where I had to do a cut to, to go on a stage because, you know, I, could, I looked lean, but it was nowhere near stage lean. So that was when that process started. So the calories actually stayed relatively high for a good little while. I think the lowest my calories got was, I genuinely think the lowest my calories went was 2,100. So when people kind of talk about being in that horrible stage at the end of a cut. For me, if I'm being completely honest, I don't think I struggled half as much as most people yeah. do when they're in a when they're in a prep. Um I've known people that have done bodybuilding competitions. I know how low the calories have had to be pushed. Yeah. I don't think I really got there. Yeah. Uh, which I was very glad about. And I think part and parcel of that was because my calories had started so high, I had that room to then, my body was responding every time we pulled those calories down. Yeah. Uh, so I think I, I started my bulk at 71. I finished off at 78, 79, I think. And then I think I stepped on stage at 73. Okay. Brilliant. So I dropped maybe five-ish kilos to come back down to it. And by that point, it was like, you know, striations on my triceps, veins running up my abs after a shower and all that. Like I was seriously, seriously lean by that point. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I suppose the the big thing that everyone would be thinking was, I bet you felt class. Weirdly, I think there was still that little voice in my head from when I was younger that told me, you're really skinny now, mate. You're mm-hmm. gonna have to, there's a lot of work to do now to get yourself back to, yeah. back to where you were before. So there was still a bit of that going on. So it was kind of like a double-edged sword. It was like, I'm really proud of what I've done and I'm really excited for the show. I'm kind of almost like shitting myself for after it because one, I don't trust myself to to stick to, to focus that gaining phase again because I, I think I deserve some time off. Yeah. I also don't trust myself to deal with it mentally because I 
in my head just want to go and celebrate yeah. and just want to go back to doing what I was yeah. doing. Yeah. And I also know that I'm going to have to get my calories right back up again to get back up to feeling good again, which I don't know if I can really be arsed doing either. Because if, if you've spoke to anyone that's done a focus gaining phase before, eating high calories is a lot of work. Yeah. It's actually really a lot of work. Uh, and there'll probably be a few big bodybuilders listening to this going, oh, 4,400 calories is a canter. I get that for sure. I get that. Um, but I'm a wee guy, remember? <laughs> so it was, it, was, it, was, it was hard for me. It was tough. Uh, all while trying to run a business with a good amount of online clients, still trying to give them a good service and and just trying to also be that, that that person for everyone around about you as well. It's a selfish thing to do to prep and to do yeah. it properly. You kind of have to just start being very focused on yourself. And I did start to see that a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, stress, oh. stressful times. Yeah. But the show itself was great fun. I loved it. Uh, and and definitely definitely worth it at the time. Yeah, at no, the time. brilliant. And just before we kind of dive into the show, like in terms of, you kind of mentioned it slightly in there. A couple of wee bits of advice that I kind of want to hear from you, mate. In terms of that feeling when you were like, right, I'm cutting down, but you've got that wee voice in your head saying, I'm too skinny. Like, uh, yeah. and I spoke to you this a wee bit briefly before, but. I was the same, cutting down for a photo shoot. Like, I'm sure a lot of people going through a prep, you you, you get into your head and you're like, yeah. oh man, I don't think I'm ready for this. Or like, oh, I feel skinny, I feel flat. Like, what what would be your piece of advice for sort of anybody maybe who's thinking of a bodybuilding show, thinking of a photo shoot, like when they hit that point, what's the kind of piece of advice and how to get, get over that? So th the context as to why that happens is for pretty much one reason and one reason only. And this is if, even if you don't have any body dysmorphia issues in the first place, you will never look in the mirror and pick apart your body more than in a dieting phase, yeah. ever. Because it's like, okay, I'm waking up today, I'm going on the scales, I'm seeing a number on the scales. That to me is my progress for, for, the, for, now, for the now. So you start to attach emotions to that number on that scale, which is already a tough thing to try and remove yourself from and, and look at it as purely data. I feel like I'm there again now, yeah. but at that time, maybe wasn't quite there. Uh, yeah, but yeah, looking at yourself in the mirror every single day, that just creates a feeling of, I suppose, it's hard to explain, isn't it? If you kind of get what I'm getting at, it's that yeah. you, you'll never look at yourself that much ever again. Yeah. It's very, very, it's a tough period of time for most people to go through. Um, my best piece of advice is to try and kind of frame yourself as if you're looking at someone else. That's That's my thought process for that. So it's like looking at yourself in the mirror and going, Right, there's a body in front of me. It's got a goal. This is what's happened to it today. If I was coaching this person or if I was like giving this person advice, what would I give them today? And like, how would I treat them? That's the best bit of advice I can give for that. Uh, the hardest part about it is actually doing it. Yeah. Because it's you, it's yourself. You've got human emotions. And it's why having a coach is so important. So you can then send photos to them and they can say, this is what I see. And yeah. you go, oh, okay, cool. We're fine. Yeah. Um, so yeah no that's, that's a great piece of advice mate yeah. I think like you've mentioned it there with having a coach having someone else not you looking at it I think is is key yeah because you can just be so critical in yourself you're looking at yourself every day you're maybe not seeing things that other people are and you can be like I can remember thinking going into that the photo shoot um, we did yeah. the 12 week peak it was like a week before you looked going. fantastic by the way <laughs> you had like I remember the veins on you and all that like, you, you look class so like really, really good. leanest I've ever been and yeah, I remember sure. just looking going man I've only got a week left I'm definitely not lean enough and 
and like see now if I look back at pictures I was like look how lean I was and it's just like you, you definitely don't see that when you're looking at it day to day whereas other people looking in can be like mate you're, you're looking like this so I think that's yeah. a great piece of advice mate getting external people or a coach for instance to, to look at it and go mate you're absolutely fine just to reassure you because it can like your goal at that point is is purely physique based, and you're constantly looking like you're looking in the mirror regularly because that is your main aim at the time. So it's just to be aware. Like me personally, I think it's a great goal to have for anybody, whether they're going for a bodybuilding show or like a photo shoot, or really, really just try to get as lean as possible in the best shape of your life. I think it's an amazing goal to, and a, a challenge to go through for everybody. And mm-hmm. um, but just be aware that there is going to be challenging points, and it can be it can be difficult. Um, so great advice there, mate. And in terms of also during the prep one of the biggest things is try to balance that mate like yeah. you're, you're saying there you're trying to balance also around the business and being the person you want to be around others like calories really dropping you're obviously cut out alcohol so maybe your social occasions are dropping like how did you find balancing everything and again have you got any sort of key piece of advice around that I think I'm a little bit more aware of that now I'm kind of aware of the fact that you know, say for instance, you have had five aspects of your life that you're always going to want to want to try and worry about at one time, and you can give twenty percent to each of those areas. Yeah. Say for instance, one of those areas was physique. I had to turn that physique dial up to yeah. you know, fifty, sixty, and then I was still trying to give twenty percent to to everything else. Yeah. Now, that's more than a hundred percent. So the only one thing happens, and it's that the areas that you're still trying to give that that other part to suffer. Yeah. Uh, and if you're not aware that that's always going to be the case, it can just get you really frustrated. So I did find that happening a little bit. I was like, why am I not being productive? Why am I not putting the people first that I want to put first? Whereas I feel like if I did that now, I'd be like, I'd be at peace with that. Yeah. And I would just communicate that with others yep. and let them know why this is the reason. You know, I kind of say, I need to be a little bit selfish now. This is what I'm focusing on. But I know I appreciate that, and I'm so, you know apologise. This is what will be the case afterwards. So I did think that there was a case of that, um, and I think I found myself, you know, dropping um, the odd client through that period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in my head, I'm just like, I'm not going to push for more clients at the moment because this is the focus right now. You just get yourself in that headset, that yeah. that mindset. You're just like, this is all I need to worry about right now. This is all I need to worry about. And it's kind of like it's. it's it's compounded by everyone around you as well because they're yeah. like, how are you getting on with this and all that? And it just builds you up to make you think this is the most important thing in your life right now. And yeah. if you want to do well in a show and if you want to turn up with your best physique, it has to be. Yeah. It absolutely has to be. So I think that's where that's where I struggled at the time. I was I was really, really aware that I couldn't give everything I wanted to to all aspects of my life, but I wasn't self-aware enough to realise that I couldn't. Yeah, I still thought I could. Yeah, uh, and that's that's just fucking exhausting, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> it's exhausting, no. mate. It really is. Oh well, while you're trying to do, you know, uh, uh, forty-five minutes of cardio in the morning, forty-five minutes of cardio at night, an hour and a half training session, prep your meals. You know, it's just not going to happen. It's yeah. just not going to happen. So trying to learn to be at peace with that when you're going through a phase like that is one of the biggest things you can do. Yeah, definitely, mate. I think communication as well is key. Like you saying to people, like, Absolutely. by the way, the next 10, 12 weeks, this is my goal. Like this is probably not going to happen like I'm probably going to be pushed for time for here so if I'm not going to be coming out as much this is why if I'm not going to be yeah. here for that this is why and like again good clear communication and just knowing that once I get this 12 week prep done once I achieve my goal then obviously we can start bringing all that back in Absolutely. and it's just about being aware of the energy mate as you mm-hmm. said you've only got so much energy you've only got 100, 100% as you say yeah. like 
it's, there's going to be times where, depending on your goal, your training is going to be taking up most of it. Then that yeah. means that work does need to go down. Social occasions need to go down. But then there might be a time like you smash the goal. Right, okay, I've got to ramp up my work now. My training might go down a wee bit. And it's just about realising those sort of like, dials is a great way to put it. Yeah. You're turning one dial up, one dial down, and just it'll, it'll change all the time, depending on what your kind of current goal is and main focus. So that's another great, great piece of advice when you are trying to balance everything. And then we've cut down... We dropped down to kind of 73 kilos, feeling good. Um, it's good to hear that you didn't have to go to two, two extreme levels with regard, but again, starting with a lead physique like you did. Um, it's always going to be the case. You're never going to need to go as as low as some of the kind of horror stories you hear. But how did peak week look like the actual week before? Was there anything that you had to do? Did you do anything like carbon up? Like, what does that look like? I'm pretty sure people will be interested to see like what's the actual, the last few days building up to the show. Yeah, so probably important to note and this was the strange thing for me that even though I wasn't on a ridiculously ridiculously low amount of calories they must have been low for me yeah because mood and energy wise and uh, hormonally like sex drive like everything like that was not there yeah like so I did notice I was like oh right okay I was like Jesus Christ maybe I'm a bit of a bodybuilder right now yeah I was like I know this is what happens so yeah. I was like okay uh I don't feel good. So I suppose for me, it must have been quite a low, a low amount of calories because my body was responding in the same way as, as anyone would on those calories and that low fat, you know, I think fat, my fat was probably down at, you know, the kind of, um, you know, 35, 40 gram mark, I think. Uh, yeah. So for a male, that's just not, not enough. Yeah. for anyone, it's not enough really. I think percentage wise, if you look at it though, like if you've been at 4,400 and you dropped down to 2,100, it's over a 50% drop well, in yeah, calories. If you compared somebody who's maybe on, 2,000 calories to start that's like them going down to below 1,000 so of it's course. like in terms of percentage it is a big of big course. drop yeah exactly yeah that's probably very important to note yeah yeah for sure I never necessarily thought about yeah. that before but yeah of course uh, so peak week comes I had done a photo shoot two weeks before so I did so two weeks out from my show I did a photo shoot with the sole reason that I didn't want to do the photo shoot have all that situation to worry about and then the show was like the next few days after that yeah. I wanted to do the photo shoot and then go I'm you know almost as lean as I'm going to be here yep. do the photo shoot and then have two weeks to kind of worry about the show after that so that was the case photo shoot went really well um, that was the second time I'd had fake tan on I hate unfortunately <laughs> uh, so we were coming up for the show so that was going to be the third time I put fake tan on uh, my carbs went up right from the start of that week so from the very start of the week we started reintroducing more carbs so i was so flat and i think just because i have a naturally kind of slimmer more likely to be flat physique it wasn't a case of like carbon up a couple of days from the show it was like mm -hmm. carbon up started from that week so it was a start i think i remember like if the show was on a sunday i'm sure i think we started carbon up on like the monday tuesday okay so just started slowly reintroducing that so the calories on took the calories towards the end of peak week for me went from you know, maybe like the low 2000s up to, you know, 3,300, that, that kind of situation again. Yeah. Didn't put on any extra body fat. Those mm -hmm. carbs just went just out. straight into the muscles and just filled them right back out again. So I was feeling feeling much better by the time I got towards the show. That was kind of the nice thing about it. Yeah. I think it started to give me confidence again. Again, because I was still attaching that feeling of feeling bigger yeah. as being my confidence. Yeah still attaching myself to that so the fact that i was able to fill out for the show it was kind of almost like a sigh of relief i was like oh i, was like, I feel really good again now actually i feel much better than i did a couple of weeks back yeah uh, so people always kind of think that they always kind of think oh peak week must be the hardest part it's not 
peak weeks are actually quite enjoyable because yeah. you're starting to get those, that feedback in again and starting to feel a little bit more like yourself again and it's good and it's perfect timing to just boost that confidence right before you step up on stage before hundreds of people and you've never done it in your life yeah I'm saying hundreds of yeah. I don't know if there's that many people at my show but there's thousands of folk out there up there yeah uh, but yeah carbs started to go back in we didn't manipulate water at all okay so water stayed exactly the same as I had done throughout purely down to the fact I think I just was looking how Andy wanted me to look yeah you were so lean enough anyway so there was, was no need I don't think there was any, any reason to start playing about with all that um, I kept my water intake exactly the same as it always, ha it always has been uh, on the day of the show um, in fact I'll just go quickly before the show cardio stops like a couple of days before because you just want to take that stress off the body a little bit yeah. um, and also training stops a couple of days before the show as well I think you maybe do your last leg day because you don't want to just you don't want to strain yourself mm -hmm. you do your last leg day like a, probably about a week before yeah. the show for most people it's not going to always be the same but I would say so uh, training stops a couple of days before cardio like specific cardio stops a couple of, t a couple of days before the show you're maybe just going out for a little bit of a walk but mm -hmm. 40 hours before your show is just rest 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 because rest, you're just letting you're letting your your muscles fill up with the carbs you're taking in and then when you do go on on stage that the goal here is to just any food that you are taking in it's all there stored and yep. you're going to get like the, the, the best pump you've ever got and, and present yourself in the best way possible show day comes in the morning, I actually did have mince and rice in the morning of the show, and I remember posting that, so that might have been, <laughs> that that might have been it. Yeah. Uh, I already had my mad tan on by that point, so I remember getting that tan done and thinking, Jesus Christ, I was like, this is, this is like scary, scary how dark I am. But it's not until you get under the lights, you're like, okay, well, that actually looks, yeah, looks semi all right. Uh, show day comes, I check in at like eight in the morning and then look at the sheet and I'm on at like 5pm or something so I was like, I was like did I you not know you were on at 5 until you arrived? generally generally men's physique is always last I think so okay. I kind of knew that I was going to be last I just didn't know how long the day was I also was well aware that as everyone knows bodybuilding shows like <laughs> always run late yeah. always it's just yeah. a thing like if you, if you look at a bodybuilding uh, program you can always kind of guarantee that it's going to be a little bit later than it is yeah um sorry to anyone out there, there who runs a bodybuilding show and they do run on time it's just a kind of like general consensus <laughs> thing between everyone uh, but yeah so i was like right long day so i think oh, that was the day where i think i was kind of told to just kind of drink some water in the morning and then for a, a good period of time after that to just sip throughout the day mm -hmm. so there was a point where we kind of cut water off and it was like if you get a dry mouth have a drink of water but and and also to get through your food for the day as well yeah so, so was, did you have all the food packed in this and yeah it was it, was, it needed to, to be there. good to go it needed yeah. to be good to go so i think i had like a kind of minute some nice meal in the morning i think i had like a kind of minute some nice meal mid-morning as well and then after that it was like right no food sips of water i think i had like four rice cakes and jam about maybe an hour before I stepped on stage or something, mm -hmm. just to, probably to stop me from keeling over, no, I'm not joking, um, but just, just to get some carbs in the system, but yeah. get some fast carbs, something that was going di to digest really well, wasn't going to blow, something that we knew worked. So that could be different for everyone. Uh, and then uh, then it was showtime. So me and uh, me and David actually, me and David Hatt, David Hatt was my uh, my cheerleader that day. So he, uh, he took me, we went backstage we started pumping up, so yep. using resistance bands and that kind of stuff. As I started pumping up, I was like, "Shit!" I was like, "I was like, I actually look quite fucking good." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then we went and did it. Uh, important to note as well, my coach was actually on holiday in Jamaica, oh, so he normally would come. He to, would have came. Uh, he would normally come to my show with me, but he was up at like 
getting up at like two in the morning and then four in the morning to like check in on me, make sure everything was all right and tell me what to do. So that was just the best service I could have asked for. It was ridiculous. I was like, I can't believe this is even happening. So right. that was class. I still had all the support I needed for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I think I'd brought like, I brought a lot of mates with me and a lot of family as well. So it was kind of funny when I went out on the stage, it was this massive big cheer yeah. that nobody else I think was getting. And I was like, this class. And how, what time did you end up stepping on? Was it late I think it was five? like I think it was like half five. Half five. I think it was like half five or something like that. So I think it was maybe many before, but it was maybe something like half five. So it was, it was yeah, it was a long day for sure. Uh, the relief I felt after that was just... And how long, are you, on, how long are you on stage? I think your actual routine. So mm -hmm. for men in physique, men's physique, you've got certain poses that you need to hit. Mm -hmm. And I think for UKD, FBA, I think it was maybe six. Yep. Don't quote me on that, but I think it was maybe six. So like quarter turns, ab shots, that kind of stuff, uh, back double bicep, all the kind of usual ones. Uh, so that part, that portion of it, when you're doing your own walk, mm -hmm. your, your, I think that your eye walk, maybe call it, that's, uh, that's like a minute, yep. if even that. Okay. So that's, that's like over and done with. Then you get called out again for the comparisons, yep. which is you standing alongside so there was I think there was six of us eh, sorry five of us in my category because mm -hmm. uh, it was men's physique tall that I was doing so there was five of us in our category and that's where you're actually getting compared to each other yeah so that was that was maybe like five minutes okay. max so yeah. it's funny it's like what was that like nine months eight months of work yeah like probably a maximum of like six minutes on yeah. stage <laughs> yeah no so, it's, it's it's a big effort mate and yeah just touching on that and the posing side of things I think that's something that's maybe overlooked quite a lot by people who are then go, oh, I'm going to just do a, a bodybuilding show. Yeah. And it's like the, the difficulty around posing and how much you actually need to put that into practice. How yeah. how often did you practice posing? I I was actually really good at that. So I, 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 that was a major part for me. I was like, I was like, there's certain parts of my physique that I know are actually not my strongest point. I was like, but one way I can definitely pick up some points is with my posing. Yeah. So I put a lot of effort on that. I was like, do you know what? I'm going to really focus hard on this. So I'd say like, I think it was maybe like, Eight weeks out from the show, hired a posing coach, TJ. Uh, hired him. I saw him once a week for an hour, and we did an hour of posing, and we ran through my routine. So eight hours I spent with him. In between times, I would spend every single day doing 10 minutes of posing, just in the mirror, making yep. myself, just adding to that body this morning. Yeah. <laughs> just, look, yeah. just looking at myself going, that's shit, that's shit, you suck, you're gonna come last. Uh, no, I'm only joking, but, well, okay, no. yeah. uh, but that that wasn't helping the situation, but it was helping the posing. Yeah. Posing for me, I was just like, I need to have this nailed. It started really flowing, it started looking great. Uh, and I started to kind of enjoy it as well. I felt like I was moving well. Yeah. And by the time I got on stage, don't even remember doing it. Yeah, because it was just, it was just so many. It was happening. That's I think that's one big piece of advice I would give to anyone that's doing a show is just learn how to pose. Make sure your routine feels like as as normal to you as just walking down a street. Yeah. It needs to just feel like your body's just working autonomously, mm -hmm. and you're just up there. No matter how nervous you are, your body's just gonna just throw itself into those positions. You're gonna fire yourself up probably properly. You're gonna tense hard enough. That was the biggest thing that I never understood how hard you can actually tense. Yeah nobody does it hard enough. So we would actually do drills with TJ and he would be like, right, we're gonna exhale. We're gonna let all the air out of, out of, your, of your stomach. And you're gonna tense your abs as hard as you can. And I would go, and I'd let it all go. And he'd be like, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And I'd be like, I can't, he'd be like, you can, 
you actually can. Yeah. And it wasn't until we got that little last 5%, it was like, shh, 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 and you let it all go and you were like, oh shit, yeah. You can. That's a detail I never saw before. So it became easier as you get leaner because obviously you can see it a lot easier when you're leaner, like you can just tense and it's there. Uh, but the first few posing sessions, I would come out and I'd just be fucked. Aye, I was like, oh yeah. my God. Yeah. I was like, what is the deal with this? I think that's, nobody puts enough emphasis on it for shows. They're like, oh, I, can, I, can, I can pose, I'll be sound. And then they're on stage and they're just gassed out. So yeah. they can't hold the poses properly. They can't, they're shaking about the place too much mm -hmm. and they're not tensing hard enough and that drops some points. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's kind of the reason I brought it up because it, like it was spoke to people before and it's like actually posing, they're coming out of a posing session, like tired. So, so, so it's hard. like one of the things that you do need to sort of keep in mind and yeah. We yeah. get the guys we get the guys in for twelve week peak yeah. to do their photo shoot. Yeah. And I'm taking them through the poses that they should be staying in, the guys especially. And everyone's like, <laughs> everyone's like, oh my god! And I'm like, maybe, maybe we should have had some posing sessions before this photo shoot, so yeah. everyone knows what they're up to. So yeah, it's not, it's, it's not as easy as you think. It was actually really, really, really nasty. But the, like anything, just put in the reps, get better at it, and you get, it becomes much easier for you. And and you want to look effortless too. You want to men's physique. You might be smiling the yeah, time. Yeah, you don't want to be shaking. And so you don't want it. You don't want to be like, <laughs> like with red face girl red and all yeah. that. You need to look like you know this is all working very hard. This isn't working hard at all. This is very much like you know I'm just I want to be I want the beach. That's kind yeah. of the men's physique thing. So yeah, definitely, mate. And uh, obviously off the back of that, then off the back of the show, would you step on stage again, mate? Haven't done that now. No, no. If you can, is that you've ticked that box? And I've it's just the one box. of the things you don't need to the box. Now the funny thing about that answer is it wasn't always that. Yeah. So I came off that stage and I was like, I see, I remember saying to Andy actually, he'll remember this well. I was like, oh, let's do this again, mate. Let's. I just know I can look so much better. I know that I can jump into a gaining phase right now, and push myself, and I'll do a show next year, and we'll go for it and all that. Um, that's when it kind of started to fall apart a little bit from me because I think I wanted the best of both worlds at that point. Yeah. I wanted the ability to be able to go and celebrate the fact of what I've just done. Mm -hmm. And I also wanted to be able to make progress off the back of it too. Mm -hmm. Those two just can't really go together. So you need to, I see a lot of really successful people in that space who managed to finish a show and they go out and they celebrate for the night. And it's like, I'm so glad I've had my, what I was craving, etc. And it's just back to They're it. back in. And that's the people who deserve all the success in the bodybuilding world because they live and breathe it. They mm -hmm. love it. They've got a real passion for it. I was, I'm, I can say with a lot of confidence that was never necessarily me. Yeah. Uh, and that became very apparent post-show mm -hmm. because the passion for it was probably not quite there anymore Yeah. because I then realised that I ticked it off and that maybe was the goal the whole time. Mm -hmm. uh, and fast forward to now, I can kind of look back at it with a bit more of a a fresh head and, and see where I was at at that point in time and that was realising that I felt a little bit lost again had yeah. a little bit of a come down from the show felt like I, I did feel a little bit lost I'd put so much effort into that whole experience that I now was left with okay um, right well I better get back to focusing on my business again because that, you know if I'm being completely honest with you that's that's not doing very well right now um, it was doing fine mm -hmm. but it wasn't doing great yeah. so I knew I had some work to do there um, I knew that I was out out doing a little bit of partying again, uh, not necessarily to the to the level that you know I had been, but mm -hmm. but it was there definitely a, a prominent part of my life again, which was fine and that's that's allowed. But yep. I was beating myself up for it because yeah. I was like, you shouldn't be doing this. So there was that kind of like 
that kind of angel devil situation yeah, yeah, where yeah. it was like you know like oh go and enjoy yourself and it's like oh don't do that mate that's terrible you've you've got yourself so used to realizing that your whole progress your progress and you feeling good is second time you'll plan doing yeah doing cardio training and checking in with the coach and now you're do doing all that stuff and you're doing this too yeah and it was like and that just that just stressed me out yeah so i got to the stage where i, I remember saying um I, you know me and andy went our separate ways coaching wise um nothing nothing happened other than me kind of saying i'm gonna give this a wee break he was like oh that's a shame it's all good we've we, we left on great terms uh and i think i noticed and i became very self-aware of what my values were at that point in time after that and i was like what do you actually value like what do you want and i think my, my main goal was i want to be in good shape i want to be able to work on my business i want to be good for people around me that was my main focus and that was what I was valuing at the time. Doing another bodybuilding show was not in line with any of those. Yeah. Apart from the good, being in good shape, but which would have taken up that massive chunk again. Yeah. Uh, so once I kind of had a sit down with myself and I was like, you do realise that doing a bodybuilding show doesn't really give you what you actually want. Yeah. It gives you maybe what you think you want. That's when I realised I didn't want to do it again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, because I could probably be happier without it. Yeah, I think you need to... I think with something like bodybuilding shows, <clears throat> if you are wanting to do that seriously, regularly compete, yeah. you do need to live and breathe it. You'll, you'll see it's like, sure. it's not like, especially when, if you are wanting to compete and do well, yeah. if you compare yourself to the other people that are going to be on stage, you need to like live and breathe that. And yeah. if you're not going to be, as you say, if that doesn't align with your values, if you're not like, like a, a massive respect to bodybuilders, like sure. the commitment, the discipline, like the sacrifices they make to to do that regularly, like you'll know much more than me, but no. it's, it's crazy that there's not much, like in terms of sports, in terms yeah. of the actual discipline and what you need to do, yeah. it's, it's crazy. So absolute massive respect, but you do need to, to live and breathe it. And if you're like, you're trying to build a business, you want to still go out, you still want to have a social life and like, that, that's something like you do need to kind of sacrifice that if you want to go all in in the bodybuilding side of things yeah. so that makes sense and you highlighted a key point there which I really agree with is like actually sit down and say right what do I value a lot of people maybe go I'm just going to do this goal I want this goal well uh -huh. does that actually align with what you want or do you just look at somebody online and think oh they did that so I'm going to do it it's like what do you actually value and then let's find something that's that aligns with that yeah. and that's that's key mate yeah, I think I think one thing that I've seen a few bodybuilding coaches talk about, the ones that I follow and ones that I find to be to be reputable, is it's like you can't just prep your way out of mental health issues, which seems to be a bit of an issue sometimes yeah. for a lot of people. Uh, I think they come out of a show, they attach themselves to the feeling the best they ever have with a prep, they then get back to normal life, they have things to, to deal with that maybe they should be looking to other avenues to deal with, and they go, oh, do you know what made me feel class last time? doing that bodybuilding prep yeah. I'm just going to sign up for another show and go again and then you get years down the line you realise you've just been abusing your body for years you were never in it for the right reasons you're actually still not happy yeah. really deep down uh, and you're doing it all for the wrong reasons mm -hmm. you're not doing it because you necessarily love bodybuilding you're not doing it because you want to push yourself or because you love yourself you're doing it because you found a comfort blanket and doing prep preps for bodybuilding shows Yeah. and long term that's not going to work for you need to have a sit down with yourself and it's hard to do it's hard to be honest with yourself and be like you know actually i'm only doing this because it makes me feel better in the moment yeah maybe i should try just you know looking at my own mental health and and, and maybe getting help from someone to figure out what i actually want from life because mm -hmm. this isn't what i want yeah uh, and that's what i realized very very quickly uh, and i'm doing better than ever for sure
brilliant, mate. Sure. And, and what did that that shift to then in terms of what's the what's the current goals, mate? What we're we working towards now? I actually think I'm still figuring them out for 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 the start of the year. So specifically now. Uh, I'm very business focused. I would say that work for me at this point in time is my main is yep. my main goal. Uh, I do feel a sense of confidence within myself this year, which is class. Uh, I was going through like not the best the best time on planet Earth, like mm -hmm. probably kind of three quarters of the way through last year. Mm -hmm. uh, I was kind of socialising a lot and things, and I was again like doing a wee bit of partying and all that again. And I kind of sat myself and I was like, right. I'm doing, I'm doing sober October. I was like, that will sort all this out. Because obviously if you just don't drink, you're just instantly feeling better. <laughs> Got to the end of sober October, mate, it still didn't feel very good. Yeah. So I hadn't drank at all, mm -hmm. but it just gave me more time to think, I think. Yeah. So I was like, oh, right, okay, I'm just thinking more now. And that's actually apparently not a really great place to be for me either. Um, so I actually spent, uh, I think I did eight sessions uh, with a therapist. So mm -hmm. the first time I'd ever done that. Yeah. And I was like, do you know what? I'm going to give this a bash. I was like, let's just, let's just talk to someone who's, external from me, doesn't know me, I can be completely honest, tell them what's going on with me, run through things, work on a few things. And I think it's really helped me to start 2024 off with a nice bit of confidence, being a bit more self-aware and also having some tools to deal with the times when I do feel like I'm not doing very well and kind of be a bit more accepting of it yep. and have the tools to move forward a little bit more. So that's the best thing I ever did. Brilliant. By, by, by a country mile. So for me, I, like I say, I went off on a tangent there for sure. Uh, but it's given me the confidence to just know exactly what I want out of this year. And I think that is probably business first um, and physique's going to come second to that this year. Yeah. Um, family relationships, very, very high up on there as well. And I think one of my number one priorities this year is to um, make sure that I can build a business so great that uh, I can go and see some places of the world that I want to go and see this year as well. That's going to be quite high up on my, on my list of expectations this year is to try and go and um, go to Australia for a little bit and, and see Bali and just go to, go to Ibiza for a, for a weekend and stuff as well. Yep. Still chuck a little bit of partying in there. Yeah. It's, never, it's never going away. <laughs> <laughs> but just, again, like plan this stuff a little bit better yeah, no. and just make sure that I can be kind of like motivated and, and uh, productive around about those times yeah. rather than letting that spill over too much. Yeah, definitely, mate. Yeah. That's that's again great awareness. We've been, you've just done that exactly what you said. Uh -huh. and went right. What's my goals this year? What am I valuing? Like, spent a bit of time like really focusing on my physique and stuff like that. But now it's like right, let's turn the dial up on the business side of things. Let's do that. And mate, that's 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 excellent to hear, yeah. man. I've always struggled to look forward. Yeah, too far. I always found that really tough. So I think that's why in the past I've made a shit ton of decisions that make me feel really good in the moment, but not necessarily what's going to make me feel good long term. So I've tried to do that this year. I've tried to say, well, right, what actually makes you feel good? And I don't mean, I don't mean for six hours on a Saturday night. I mean, what makes you feel good three months down the line? Yeah. That is, that is what I'm trying to do a shit ton more of in 2024. It's those things, it's those things that, are, that I'm going to think like, you know, it's that delayed gratification. Yeah. It's like, I won't feel unreal about it right now, actually. It may actually suck to know, but in three months time, it's going to pay off. And you're gonna you're gonna be really glad you've done it, and that just builds confidence, and that just snowballs, and and more good things come from that. So, I'm just trying to get on that train. Hundred percent. Trying to get on that. Hundred percent. Sure. Too many people are like, it's understandable. You just want instant gratification. Things right now, quite absolutely. Like, what is it? But it is the the true results and positivity does come from that delayed yeah. gratification, which is is hard for a lot of people. It's, it is difficult. Yeah. Like, but definitely, mate. That sounds spot on and. Cheers for, for that. That's been some great insight into the bodybuilding world because um, something I've like really enjoyed chatting about as well and something I was keen to, to hear about and I'm sure the listeners will enjoy it as well. And in terms of 
where people can find you, mate? Where where can where's the best place to find you? Get in touch with you. Uh, I'm over on Instagram, being really silly most of the time. Uh, on or so at Alex Alex Caldwell PT. So you can find me over there. That's where I do pretty much everything. One to one coaching at Commando Exfit. Online coaching with MTN coaching and group coaching with Sim Training. Uh, funnily enough, actually, <laughs> I was still laughing at this other day. I've got uh, David Dale and Ryan that work with MTN. They're like, you're like, you're like a real, real slag, ain't you, mate? Like, you, just work, you work with everyone. And I was like, well, I was like, I've got a lot to offer, so I'm going to offer it to everyone. So, yeah, that's where you can find me. Brilliant, mate. No, cheers for that. So, excellent. Anything else you want to add before we finish up? Just thank you for having me on. Thoroughly enjoyed that. I'm not a podcast guy, but I suppose I am now. So, yeah, yeah it went okay, I think. Yeah, brilliant. No, thanks very much, mate. And uh, we'll speak to you soon. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it.